the BBC ran an interesting story uh, a few weeks back where staff at Bristol East Auctions found a pair of glasses in a plain envelope on a Monday morning. The auctioneer, Andrew Stowe, said that the eyewear was expected to fetch more than £15,000. And it was probably one of the most precious finds in the company's history. He said that the owner nearly had a heart attack when he was told their value because somebody just popped it through the letterbox. It didn't actually go through. It was still, the envelope was still sticking out. And then there was just a, a little note with the address. You know why it was so, they were so valuable? They were so valuable because it turns out that they were Mahatma Gandhi's glasses. So obviously a lot of people would be very interested in having them. It's a story we hear again and again um, whenever we see any treasure hunt TV shows or any antiques TV shows that bring to light things that people own without realizing the value of what they have. Sadly, there are many Christians that don't realize that they have an amazing power through the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in their lives. And God gives them spiritual power and influence and they're not aware and they're not using it. And they are the ones that miss out while they have this incredibly valuable possession in their lives. And this is what we're going to look at this morning as we explore the fourth cultural value or the fourth value that we're very, very passionate about at CFM is being and living naturally supernatural lives. And we're going to camp in a in, in a passage that's really wonderful in Acts chapter three. And this will highlight that what we really believe about this cultural value. Christianity isn't just simply an intellectual paradigm or embracing a moral code that you're trying really hard to live up to, all sustained by our human resources. No, the Christian life is from the beginning to the very end, all along the journey, all the time, really a life that is enabled by a spiritual power as God begins to live in us. And that power lives in us and it spills out of us and it touches other people's lives. That's what it means to live naturally supernatural lives. Acts chapter 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. And he was being put there every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as John did. And Peter said to him, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ from Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw this, they began praising God as they recognized the man who used to sit at the temple gate, begging 
and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while the man held on to Peter and John and all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place of Solomon's colonnade, and Peter saw this and he began to speak to them. This is a perfect explanation of what the naturally supernatural life should look like in the life of a disciple of Jesus. And here are some principles that I think are very helpful for us if we want to live this naturally supernatural life. First and foremost, when it came to Peter and John, this is true. We cannot give what we don't have. See, what Peter and John gave to that man was something that they had in their own lives. And there's a real connection with our first cultural value, that of being an overflow culture. See, Peter and John were passionate for God. For them, it wasn't enough that they had been with Jesus. For them, it wasn't enough that they had received the anointing of the Holy Spirit poured upon them at their Pentecost. They didn't say, oh, well, that's enough. For them, it wasn't enough that 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost became followers of Jesus. Through Peter's ministry, they were still on their way to go to the prayer meeting at the temple. Why? Because these people were passionate for God. They weren't happy with the experiences of the past. They weren't content. They didn't feel they have arrived. They didn't feel entitled. They were just as passionate as when they began their walk with Jesus. And they embraced the means of grace. They didn't say, oh, prayer meeting, boring. Who wants to go to the temple? We've seen all these amazing things. Why bother going to the prayer meeting? No, they were passionate and they were embracing these means of grace. And they saw the importance of not just their own personal faith, but they could have said, hey, do you know what? That walk to the temple, it just takes a lot of time. There's also boring people there. We don't want to be with those people. We want to be with other people. We can be in our small group or we can be in our bedroom. No, they were passionate because they understood that part of their public worship was so important, not just their personal one. And you see, that's the fuel for the supernatural life. That's the fuel for the naturally supernatural life. Your life of intimacy with God. For them, it was going to the prayer meeting, going to the temple to pray, seeking God's face, bringing him praise, bringing him thanks, bringing him the things that were on their hearts. These people couldn't give the man something they didn't have. But because they were passionate about God, because they were seeking further intimacy with God, because they were disciplined in their devotion. That's what enabled them to reach out to this man in the power of God and give him something quite amazing. I love the fact that they were very honest about what they had and didn't have. They were very honest about the fact that they couldn't give him any money to help him out. But they were also, I love this, See, this is a sign of somebody who is passionate for God. They were not defeatist and negative and dismissive and say, well, we haven't got any money, therefore we're not going to engage. No, no, no. They were aware because they had that intimacy with God. You see, they kept going to the temple to pray. And as they prayed, their faith got bigger. Their knowledge of God the, the size of God in their minds and hearts was so enlarged, was so magnified. It's a word that very often is used in the Psalms. Let's magnify the Lord. The, the, the size of God, God's size hasn't changed, but in their minds and hearts, in their perspective, God was so great because they were seeking him, 
because they were devoted to him, that actually they couldn't be defeatist, negative and dismissive of that man's need. They had something they could offer him because of the God they were pursuing and serving and being devoted to. They, as they walked past that man, they remembered whose they were. They remember who their God was and they knew that they had an authority in his name. And that's why they could give him something. They could give him God's healing because they themselves had a heart of God within them. You see, it's something that Jesus has done with the disciples in Matthew 10, verse 1, when he, when he sent them out. He says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And they might have been reminded of this and they probably realized that they had empowerment from God himself. And it's not just about the material things that they couldn't offer him, but it was the spiritual things they could offer him. We cannot give what we don't have. If we want to be those kind of people who live naturally supernatural, we need to pursue intimacy with God like crazy. We need to be passionate for him, devoted to him, use every means of grace, use every opportunity, whether together with other people or on our own, to get closer to God and help that vision of who God is to be magnified in our own mind and heart. And that's what really happens if you want to live naturally supernatural. You seek God in your own devotion with great passion. The second thing is this. We cannot bless what we do not see. We cannot bless what we do not see. I love the fact that they lived interruptible lives. They would have seen the mundane picture of the man sitting there. They would have had many people begging for money. This would have been normal. It would have been annoying. It would have been like background noise. It would have been so easy to be dismissed. But they lived interruptible lives because they had the eyes of Jesus. You see, because of what I was saying before, because they were passionately seeking after God, they received the heart of God. But now they also have the eyes of Jesus, the eyes of God and see that need. We cannot bless what we don't see. If we live our lives totally unaware of what's happening around us, not hearing the cries and not seeing the needs, if we are not tender hearted and filled with compassion, we will never be able to bless people's lives. And I love the fact that, that, that they saw that needy person. They saw a story, they saw the hurt, they saw the pain. They saw what's in there because they were looking through the eyes of Jesus. They didn't just put that man in a box saying inconvenient. They saw much more than that. They saw the tragedy that marked that man's life. And they let their sight be connected to their heart. And the heart of Christ in them with the sight of Christ made a connection. And something dramatic began to happen. Your fuel for living a naturally supernatural life is an active, engaging, attention paying compassion. It's when you walk around with your eyes and ears attentive to see what God is showing you, you will begin to see incredible opportunities where you can bless people because you are paying attention. You are not distracted. The third thing, we cannot 
explain it if we don't speak. I like the fact that when the miracle happens, it doesn't just stay as a physical miracle that happens there. You see, the message of Jesus is holistic. It includes the well-being of the body, as well as the mind, as well as the soul. Everything of us, God wants to touch. And that man was being made well physically, but there needed to be another message that the people needed to hear about their souls, not just about their bodies. And Peter uses this opportunity to actually use the miracle as a sign that would be grabbing people's attention as a springboard for him to tell people about Jesus's message of salvation. And the good news of Jesus is a holistic passage that connects with everything that we are. But underneath it all or above it all is this. There is a God of love that has amazing power. Whether it's over our sins spiritually, our bodies physically, it's the same powerful, loving God that wants to connect with you, that wants to touch your life. And that explanation is brilliant because he talks about God's transformation that he can bring as much as he brought it in the body through the healing of the man, he can bring it to the soul. And then it's followed by an invitation for people to come and submit to Jesus, which is such a powerful thing. Here we have this amazing picture of what it means to live a naturally supernatural life. And you have a man that had been healed because Peter and John were attentive enough to see what God brought to them. But then it spread out to a whole local community and the impact wasn't just one man, but a whole local community. That's what a naturally supernatural life does. It doesn't just affect an individual, but it has a ripple effect that affects all sorts of other people's lives. So let me remind you of the principles of a naturally supernatural life. You and I, we cannot give what we don't have. We have to have that relationship with God in which the image of who God is, is so magnified in our lives that we can see our God as being a God who can do anything. You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot bless what you don't see. If we walk with our eyes closed, wrapped up in our own selfishness, unaware of the needs around us, we will never be able to touch people's lives and bring the blessing of God upon their lives because it's all about us and nothing about them. And that's not the heart of God. We cannot explain if we don't speak. You don't just leave it as somebody encountering the beautiful touch of God through healing, through the supernatural, where, where, whether it's a prophetic word that brings uh, a, an incredible sense of wake up calling their lives or whether it's being touched with, with God's healing. You don't just leave it there. You bring an explanation that brings the whole good news of who Jesus is, what his plan is and what he wants to do with our lives. So this is an incredible invitation for us to live as those people that live naturally supernatural. So what does that mean for us at CFM? We believe in a God that has amazing power to do miraculous things. So if people are saying, well, I don't really think God can do anything. We want to say, no, we believe God can do amazing things. 
We believe God has amazing power. And that's why we will always pray for people for with all sorts of difficulties, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, in whatever way, we will be bold and pray for people. We recognize that we're just God's instruments, that miracle didn't come because of Peter and John. They were not the cause of the miracle. They didn't make it happen. They were just simply instruments in God's hands that enabled them to do that miracle. And we always want to communicate the good news of Jesus. We, we're not just about communicating people to people that God has power over the body, but we want to communicate to them that God has power to transform our lives, our spirit as well as our body. So there are usually three areas of the supernatural that very often we can come across and I kind of hinted to them. One is healing, one is people being set free from demonic oppression and one is God speaking to people very clearly through the prophetic. And we are available, available for God to use us in all those different ways. What would be the qualities of a naturally supernatural person? And a CFM, here is what I would pray for myself and for you all, as we want to be naturally supernatural people. Number one, audacity. We want to be people like Peter and John, though we don't have anything in our pockets. We would say, in the name of Jesus, I give you what I have. Get up and walk. We want to have faith that God can do tremendous, miraculous things. We want to start with a sense of audacity, with a, with a point of view where we start with that sense of God can do it. God can do it. So we will not be negative. We will not be pessimistic. We will not be defeatist. We will be optimistic about this. We will have audacity. Second quality, humility. This is not about us. This is not about our self-worth. We don't do this to make ourselves feel better. We don't do this to make ourselves become popular with people. This is about him always, always, always by him. And the early apostles were always very careful to point towards Jesus and make sure they don't get the glory. And we will do the same. So we will have audacity and we will have humility. The third quality is we will have normality. We will not be weird about this. We don't need to make it weird. You know, there's absolutely no necessity to try to hype anything up, to manipulate anything, to try to create all sorts of weird atmospheres. No, God works in in the most natural ways. And you see normality here. Peter and John speak to him like you speak. They say, look at us. They help him up by the hand. So there's no kind of weird stuff going on there. Well, you know, they, 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 they apply all sorts of unusual formulas in that sense. So we will be normal about it. We will pray for people. The fourth quality, and it's two in one, is we will have gentleness and respect. We recognize that not everybody is ready at any given point to encounter God's supernatural power. And we want to be gentle and respectful with them and try to make sure that they are comfortable in that sense and never push anything on people's throats. You know, we, we want people to be ready at the right time to encounter God's power. Another quality, we embrace God's sovereign mystery. One of the greatest hindrances that people often have in embracing the naturally supernatural lifestyle is to say, what happens if God doesn't do anything or if God disappoints that person by not doing what they expect him? And I humbly say, really covered by this sense of embracing the sovereign mystery of God, 
I don't know why God does what he does, when he does, how he does. I am just simply a tool and, and a messenger and a servant of God. And because I love you, I want to pray for you. I know God. I know my God. I know what he's like. And I just want to offer that to you without worrying at the back of my mind. What about God? God can look after himself. But we embrace that sense of mystery. I don't understand a lot of things. I have very good friends uh, who have served as 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 ministers uh, working for God, if you want, and they have not received the, the you know, the, the things that I would have wanted them to receive, whether it's a healing, whether it's it's help in any area. Yet that doesn't cause me to question God or make me makes me uncomfortable with God. That doesn't make me lose a sense of faith that God can do what only God can do. I keep on praying with the same fervor because I embrace that sense of mystery about God's sovereignty, why God does what he does, when he does, how he was. Do it. And the last one is we walk together through mountaintops and valleys. We will celebrate the miraculous things that God does amongst us and we will also walk together through the pain of sometimes not seeing some of those things through. Just because we believe in the supernatural, it doesn't eliminate the fact that we embrace suffering as well. We understand that the two coexist and they don't necessarily exclude themselves. And we will not fall into any extremes of either denying the supernatural or denying the suffering. But we will allow, again, in God's mysterious sovereign grace to, to see how he brings and how he deals with that. And we walk with people together through victories, through the mountaintops, as much as going through the valleys of chemo and treatments and deteriorating health. We'll walk through it because we believe that God's love doesn't change in all of those circumstances. So my encouragement for us is to embrace this naturally supernatural lifestyle. Here is a great story Francis Chan tells in his book about the Holy Spirit called Forgotten God. Years ago, Dave Phillips and his wife Lynn had a talk about the callings they felt God was stirring in them. As they were discussed what they were most passionate about, they agreed that bringing relief to suffering children and reaching out to the next generation with the good news of Jesus was at the top of their list. The thought of starting a relief agency was considered, but Dave's response was, but that would mean I have to talk in front of people. By nature, Dave is a very quiet, behind the scenes type of guy. But after much prayer, Dave set aside his fears and Lynn started Children's Hunger Fund out of their garage. Six weeks after CHF was launched in January 1992, they received a phone call from the director of a cancer treatment centre in Honduras asking if there was any way he could obtain a certain drug for seven children who would die without that drug. Dave wrote down the name of the drug and told the director that he had no idea how to get this type of drug. They just prayed over the phone and asked God to provide. As Dave hung up the phone, before he even let go of the receiver, the phone rings again. And it was a pharmaceutical company in New Jersey asking Dave if he could have any use of 48,000 vials of the exact drug. Not only did they offer him $8 million worth of this drug, but they told him they would airlift 
the drugs to any place in the world. Dave will later learn that the company was one of only two in the United States that was manufacturing that particular drug. Within 48 hours, Dave had a drug sent to the treatment center in Honduras and to 20 other locations as well. It was at that point that he believed that God was at work validating his call into ministry. Year after year, God continued to provide supernaturally. And today they have distributed more than $950 million in, dollars in food and other relief to more than 10 million children in 70 countries in 32 states. God can do amazing things. If we only make ourselves available to him, and commit ourselves to be living this naturally supernatural life. And that's my invitation to you, to say yes to God's calling, to surrender to him and to say, God, just like Peter and John, I'm willing to be passionately searching after you. I'm willing to let you open my eyes and ears to see the needs around me. And I'm gonna be somebody who's also more than excited to tell people about the full good news of Jesus. May God use us in amazing ways to be those kind of people, ordinary people that live a naturally supernatural life for his glory and in order to bring his love to many hurting all around us. Amen.